Living Stones is a weekly conversation about living a truly Catholic life. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers and Ken Hellenius help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church, discussing practical ways to grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Hello, and welcome to Living Stones. I'm your co-host, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and joining me in the beautiful studios out in South Bend, Indiana, on the campus University of Notre Dame is my good friend and compatriot, the man who needs no introduction, Ken Hellenius. Ken, how you doing, my friend? I am well, thank you, Deacon. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's pretty cold out here in Oregon. I'm a little surprised. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. I feel like he's post out here. Yeah, you okay. When you say pretty cold, how cold is pretty cold? <laughs> I mean, let me just say, oh, but, it dropped, it's like we had a football game here at Notre Dame in which it was 20 <laughs> degrees at kickoff, okay? So I, okay, we need yeah, to yeah. kind of adjust in, uh, expectations, yeah. but how cold is cold for you there in, yeah, good in Portland? Oh, about 32 degrees. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, freedom, don't, don't yeah. get me wrong, that's chilly and uh, it does make you feel for, for people who are homeless, uh, of course, you know, and, and, uh, and don't have heat, but... Uh, there are degrees of gold, which is why we actually yeah. we call them degrees, I think, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we, you know, here in South Bend, we live in uh, an area that gets lake effect snow off of Lake Michigan. Of course, you would have known this as a student at Notre Dame during your time here. Um, but it's it's funny because a couple weeks ago, we had a day in which the weather, the official weather report said seven like like uh, three quarters of an inch of wintry mix is what we're going to get today. Wintry mix being that that blend of kind of snow and rain. So kind of right at the border of freezing. But because of, win- uh, you know, lake effect, what we ended up with when I woke up the next morning was seven and a half inches of snow on the ground. <laughs> so <laughs> I love the fact. How is it that I that I am not a weather person? Because that seems like a job, you know, you, you make a guess and it may be an educated guess, but if you're entirely wrong, that's okay. You still get to come in the next day. That seems like a perfect yeah, job right. for me. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, how do you measure success when you're a weather? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. You warn people and you remind them, you know, yeah. So, oh my gosh. Uh, Deacon, I got to say this. Happy New Year to you. Yes, and to you as well, my friend. You know, it, now, of course, anybody <laughs> tuning in is going to be like, okay, these these crazy guys are speaking a whole month early already, right? But no, because, and this is one of the joyful things about our faith, is that is that we, in the life of faith, um, even our calendar is slightly different than what happens outside of the church, in a way. Um, we, in the church, celebrate uh, the new year at the beginning of Advent every year. And so, of course, this past Sunday was the first Sunday of Advent, and that means we are in a new liturgical year. We are in the new year of grace 2023. Uh, and so even if your your physical calendar says it's still, you know, November, December 2022, we are already as Catholics in the new year. So happy new year. Bust out the uh, the eggnog and the the uh, the bubbly, whether that be, you know, uh, apple cider or champagne, however you celebrate the new year. Happy new year. Yes. Amen. And uh, of course, this year we uh, we make a change in the gospels that we hear uh, for the for the most part on Sunday uh, to year A 
which is Matthew's gospel. So we we switch from year C, which is Luke, uh, to Matthew's gospel. And, the, you know, typ typically, again, not absolute, but typically the way it works, year A is uh, Matthew's gospel, year B is Mark, and year C is Luke. Uh, of course, during the privileged seasons, like Easter, it's mostly from John's gospel. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the first readings are typically from the New Testament, uh, Acts of the Apostles, instead of the Old Testament during Easter. So there are exceptions to you know the the abc and also the uh, weekdays switches from uh one to two so that's on the two-year cycle and the gospel readings are on a three-year cycle and so if you go to mass every day um you know you're basically getting almost the entire bible and if you do the liturgy of the hours on top of going to mass every day forget it get, you, you're gonna have the whole bible memorized by the time you die <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny because that actually does then become part of your the rhythm of your life and such that you can, yes. uh, when you are soaking in the scriptures every day during your prayer, at the liturgy of the hours, in, you know, in morning and evening prayer, at mass, uh, through the, the preaching that we hear, through the, the proclamation of the gospel and, and the, the scriptures, you're right. It's almost what happens is not so much an active form of memorization. But because you're hearing it and it becomes so familiar, it becomes part of our very idiom, part of the way in which we ourselves communicate. You know, I just just yesterday uh, described something. Uh, it was it was a, with a couple of friends at breakfast. And I said, well, you know, where two or three are gathered and you realize even the phrases that we tend to fall back on then become part of uh, the scripture. We, we echo what we hear. And that's a very good thing. Right. Because. Look, we're dudes. You and I are dudes. And uh, a very common way to communicate is to use movie quotes, right? Favorite movie quotes all the time. Quote them back and forth. Well, how does that change if instead of memorizing all your favorite movies through repetition and watching them all the time, we are being soaked in the sacred scriptures, the very word of God? It does change the way you communicate. That's true. Even expressions like the golden rule, right? That that's that's from the Bible, right? You know, and so many other little things that we say that you know are, are, are uh, have their roots in the scriptures. You know, so it's just a, a wonderful way of um, of really uh, thinking about how the scriptures are connected to our everyday life. It's not just something we hear at mass, um, but it really has important to how we think uh, as Catholics and how we live. That that's the that's the key. Yeah. And having these things around us, these little reminders, whether it be, uh, you know, we're carrying our prayer book with us. I mean, I have an app on my phone that I pray the liturgy of the hours. So even if I don't have my physical breviary with me, a physical prayer book, I've always got a way to call up the sacred scriptures uh, and to to read and, and to, uh, of course, and also, like I say, the iBreviary app is free. And so I can pick it up and pray the midday prayer or or the office of readings or something like that. And and uh, uh, and it's really actually in many ways kind of neat on the on the phone because you don't have to flip around with ribbons and things like that. It's all laid out there. It, it makes it a lot easier. And I, I love that. Yeah, I, I have it on the phone, too, um, although I do bring the, the physical book with me. Uh, I do use the app because sometimes I get caught between seasons. You yes. know, I'll be traveling and I will switch from like uh, ordinary time to Advent. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm not going to bring both massive volumes. <laughs> I'm just right. going to bring 
the one and just use the phone as a supplement. So yeah. it's very, very helpful, very useful. I actually find in adoration as well in my in my church, uh, in my parish, we have adoration uh, on Thursdays and uh, the church is often dark. You know, only the altar with the, the monstrance is illuminated and the candles are there. I'm sitting perhaps two thirds of the way back in the church in a in a dark pew. And uh, at least my the light of my computer screen, uh, my phone screen, makes it bright enough to read and pray, pray my prayers. So, we were oh, talking actually awesome. before Love we it. started recording too. We were talking about uh, how I've been listening to the uh, an audio book of the uh, the Truth and Life dramatized audio Bible. This is a really neat kind of project uh, that uh, where it's kind of you know it's an audio book of the bible so it's it's actors actors that you know that you would you've seen in movies you've seen in television shows often most of them i think are catholic as well who are acting out the the um the new testament and so like to hear the gospels in different voices you know to have um, the words of mary or the words of the apostles or the words of the lord spoken by an actor who is inhabiting that role uh, really brings it alive in many ways and uh, here that we are as you say in the new year of grace we we've gone into year a of our of our um, sunday readings so the gospel of matthew to hear the entire gospel of matthew read with by actors in parts, you know, I think the whole thing only takes maybe an hour and a half to listen to at most, maybe. Um, it's actually relatively short, but to hear it as spoken really sticks it in your brain and it really brings it alive. And so that's something that I've greatly enjoyed uh, listening to. And I, I kind of, it's something that I can always come back to on my phone because it's always in my pocket. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, I, I love that. I love listening to it on the plane too. Instead yeah. of watching like the same movie for the thirtieth time, you know, <laughs> just pull out. It makes it so well done because you hear the background noises. Like even if, even we think, oh, how are they going to do Paul's letters? Right. You know, you, you hear the fire crackling in the background. You hear the, him dipping the pen into the ink and writing, and yep. you hear the the paper crinkling. And I mean, it's you know, it's it's really very well done. Yeah, very well done. I, yeah. I highly recommend it. It's interesting because the. Um, Part of our Lord Jesus is played by Neil McDonough, who's an actor that I have admired. He was in Band of Brothers. He was in uh, Justified. He's been in a number of shows that I greatly enjoy. And he is very publicly a Catholic. He will not do, you know, um, steamy love scenes. And he said, no, that's just a violation of my of of my marriage vow. He's like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. So as an actor, he is publicly Catholic. And to hear him you know, kind of voicing the words of the Lord, it's like I can see him in my brain. Uh, and uh, uh, it really kind of connects me deeply with the the words being spoken. So it's it's really kind of neat. Yeah. And I remember the kids used to enjoy that, too. We'd be driving someplace and we get to where we're going. We get out of the car. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They want to hear the end of the story, the end of the little parable or something. Yeah. You know, that that's on the that's dramatized there. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's it's excellent. Again, soaking in the the sacred scriptures, soaking in the word of the Lord is really what um, what the the daily journey is like, right? This is what we are called to do. St. Paul reminds us to pray always. And St. Peter reminds us in his letter that we need to always be ready to give an account of the hope that is within us. And we are renewed in that hope and we are strengthened in that hope by being familiar with the very words that the Holy Spirit has inspired in the, the authors of the sacred scripture. So whatever form it takes for you, whatever form is appealing to you to 
be constantly reading and getting to know deeper and deeper the Lord, we strongly encourage that. And then Holy Mother Church strongly encourages that as well. So read the sacred scriptures and pray with the sacred <laughs> scriptures. Amen. Beautiful. Well, Deacon, we have been chatting about pilgrimages, and we've been sharing together over the last couple of weeks a wonderful document um, from the year 1998 called The Pilgrimage in the Great Jubilee, which even though it's now 24 years old, this document is, is always relevant because it's about how we make pilgrimage, how we are traveling as pilgrims and aliens in this land on our pilgrimage to heaven, to the land where we truly belong, which is our true home. We're going to pick up our conversation tonight with uh, the section that focuses on Christ's own pilgrimage, the pilgrimage of his life among us. And so this uh, begins with paragraph nine in this document, The Pilgrimage in the Great Jubilee, which we have linked to on our Facebook page at uh, Living Stones Media. So if you uh, want to uh, have an easy link to it, you can just go right to Facebook, type in Living Stones Media, and uh, it should be the first link on our page there to the pilgrimage in the great jubilee and we're going to pick up our conversation with paragraph nine yes and i I love this how uh the word became flesh and dwelt among us you know that's that was the start the incarnation was the start of this pilgrimage uh, here on earth and i and i love that fact that god no longer wanted to be far away from us you know he no longer wanted to speak through great men and women of the bible through great uh, and mighty deeds of awe and wonder, like he did at the Red Sea, or when he fed the people in the desert with with the manna, and and and, and you know he he wanted to touch us with his own hands, right, and, and love us with his own heart. He wanted personal, intimate, loving, and life giving communion with us. And so and you can't do that through another person. You have you have to you have to bring yourself, and that's exactly what the Lord did. So. He started his pilgrim journey just like we do at our incarnation, right? right. Uh, that, that's when we begin our earthly pilgrimage toward our ultimate home, toward our eternal home, which is heaven, is where Jesus came to lead us, to lead us to our to our true home. Yeah, it says uh, here, Christ descended from being with God to become flesh and to walk along the paths of the human person. In the incarnation, it is God who comes in person to speak to man of himself and to show him the path by which he may be reached. God is the one taking the initiative here. God, the Father, sends the Son. The Son says, yes, I, and the Son, is, as we learn in that beautiful uh, canticle, uh, is it the canticle to the Philippians? He emptied himself and took the form of a slave being born in human likeness, like you or I. Um, he emptied himself of of everything, right? Christ was born as a baby who needed to be fed, who needed to be wiped, who needed to be carried. Uh, and so he began his pilgrimage, as you say, just like you or I, you or I, you and I began our pilgrimage by being carried by our parents, by our relatives, by our babysitters, carried where we needed to be until we ourselves could walk and begin our pilgrim journey on our own, right? Our parents brought us to baptism. Our parents brought us to the point where we were incorporated into Christ. And so while still a baby, Jesus had all these same things happen to him. Um, and then we read, as, as this document says, you know, he's a pilgrim in the temple 
in uh, Mount Zion. He's a pilgrim in uh, Jerusalem. Of course, when we pray the rosary, we reflect upon this, right? Jesus went to Jerusalem at the age of 12 and stayed behind in the temple. But he went with his family to go up to Jerusalem to pray, which was what the pilgrim people of God, the people of Israel would do at that feast every year. And Jesus himself, who is God, went to correspond, went to really correspond to visit, to travel toward God the Father. And, uh, and that is a model for us. And we reflect on these things when we pray. As I say, when we pray the rosary, the, the fifth joyful mystery is Jesus, the finding of the child Jesus in the temple. Yeah, you know, and, and one thing about the children and parents on this pilgrimage journey, which struck me when you were speaking, Ken, is the, in the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter, um, chapter 20, the, obviously, the, the Ten Commandments, or actually in Hebrew, the Aseret Hadibro. It actually doesn't say Ten Commandments uh, in the Hebrew. It says uh, it's like the, the Ten, ten words. words of God. Yeah. Yeah, the Ten Words of God. And so you have love God. Jesus summarized them. Love God, one through three, and love your neighbor as yourself, five through ten. Four is called the Hinge Commandment because it's actually both. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Because it's the only commandment that comes with a promise, right? It says, um, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God gives you, right? So honor your father and mother leads to length of days in the land. And that's what our pilgrimage is, right? So for a long, lengthy life, you have to honor your father and your mother. And the word there is Yahweh, which means honor, which means reverence and respect. Right. And so we owe that Jesus gave that same reverence and respect after the finding of the temple. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. Mary went up to him and, 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 well, at least in Greek, um, she says, why did you do this to us? You know, um, she was upset. I mean, she, she, I mean, and poor Joseph, he lost God. He had one job and he <laughs> lost God. I mean, come on, Joseph. Come on, you know? Joseph. <laughs> but when they found him, you know, obviously he could see how upset they were. And so he says, the scripture says he, that he was obedient to them, right? In fulfillment of that commandment. So getting uh, started on our journey on pilgrimage means, and, and of course it's not perfect because I mean, my parents are divorced and some, you know, some parents are deceased and, you know, things like that. It's, it's not perfect, but uh, God gives us at least an opportunity to get our journey started with parents. Again, who are not perfect, who make mistakes, but he, he gives us both a father and a mother, just like he had himself when he began his journey on earth. So I think that says something special about the relationship between children and parents at the genesis of our journey of faith. I think that's a wonderful reflection because we, especially that last bit, what you just said, right? Parents are not perfect. No parents this side of, of heaven are yeah. Um, okay. I say that we know that there was a single exception, right? We know that the Blessed Mother right. was was <laughs> devoted entirely to her son and was preserved from original sin and did not sin on uh, during her life because she had the grace. She was full of grace. We have to set the Blessed Mother aside, and the Holy Family was a very particular thing. But we, as the everyday families, yeah, we are not perfect, but we see signs of how God loves us in our parents. We see signs of the self-emptying that parents give in order to give to their children. And even when we read of broken families, and even when we know broken families, there is still love in some form that is but a tiny little sliver. 
You know, as St. Paul tells us, we ha- eye has not seen, ear has not heard what God has ready for those who love him. That's also a preview of we have no clue how perfect the love of God the Father is for us. We, we can get glimpses of it. And family life introduces us, sometimes in the sacrificial way. But Christ's pilgrimage was not just in his family. It was also a very public pilgrimage, right? This document goes on to say Mm. that uh, his public ministry, which takes place along the roads of his country, takes the form of a pilgrimage toward Jerusalem. And we've been hearing about this, you know, all last year when we were in year C in our gospel readings throughout uh, the the liturgical year last year, we heard from the gospel of Luke. And it's really in the gospel of Luke that it's clear that Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem. His entire journey was to Jerusalem. And why to Jerusalem? Because that was where his passion would be accomplished. His passion, his death, and his resurrection would be accomplished in Jerusalem. So Jesus's journey is a true journey from his home in Nazareth down, down, although it's actually called up to Jerusalem because it's up because Jerusalem sits on top of a, a mountain. You've talked about this before. You know, we, we read this in the Psalms. It says, as a long journey whose destination is not only the cross, but also the glory of Easter and the ascension. So, Christ's journey does not end in the cross. It ends in the ascension, in him rising to glory to the Father. And he, what does he do? He promises he goes to prepare a place for us. So this journey that Christ makes is one that draws us with him. We, too, are called to participate in that, to take up our crosses and to follow him every day, as St. Luke says. Yeah, and, you know, the way we enter into that uh, the journey of our pilgrimage is death. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this time of year, we're thinking about issues like this, you know, and um, we hear about it in uh, our gospel readings as well, right? Yeah. And even here yeah, in Advent, exactly. we've been hearing about it for a number of weeks at, at the end of ordinary time last year here in throughout the, particularly the month of November. But even in these early weeks of Advent, we're hearing about the second coming. We're hearing about Christ's return, which will be in glory, but it does involve destruction. Yeah, and in that sense, it shouldn't be something to fear. Um, you know, when we go on pilgrimage to Jerusalem or to France or to Lord, you know, and enter the, the holy places, you have to go through a door to get into the place where you're going to. Right. And so that's how we have to enter into heaven is death. That's the only way we can get there. You know, and, and so in a sense, I could see, looking at it from that perspective, I could see why the saints were kind of excited about dying. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, like, oh, right, you know, like, what was it that, that, um, yeah, don't, don't stop me, let the animals eat me and tear oh, away yeah. my flesh and stuff like that. Like Clement of, know, uh, um, or uh, Saint Irenaeus, or, or no, one yeah, of the early, Saint, one of the early popes, uh, Clement, wasn't it, who who wrote and said, "Don't stop me, let the lion, let me be thrown to the lions as bread." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or the other saints that just like kind of, kind of longed for death and looked forward to it. You know, um, to, Saint, so they could be with Jesus. Saint Paul you know, that even makes said, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul writes, you know, for me, I'm, I'm kind of struggling because to leave you is to be with Christ, but I also want to be here with you on your pilgrim journey too. That's right. That's right. So picking up our cross and follow Jesus, you know, it's it's a scary thing because you look at what happened to him, but then knowing that death is not the end. Right. right. That, and that, that I think that's what gives me the greatest hope is that, I mean, you know, and I, and I said this before, Ken, I mean, all all we know is this life. You get up every morning, 
you know, you, you get to know people for years, for decades, um, you know, and, and then all of a sudden that comes to an end that begins this new life in which you don't know exactly what. I mean, Jesus' eyes not seen, ears not heard, nor has it dawned on men what God has in store. So that, that sense of anticipation, but also that sense of unknown. You know, it's a little so 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 the end of the pilgrimage journey is a little bit of a little bittersweet, if you will. Yeah. You know, the end of something that we've always known to begin something that will go on and never end. Yeah. So it feels a little bit of anxiety, I guess. Yeah, it's I think it's fair to say it's scary and it's sad. And we miss our you know family and our friends that have passed on who are now either being purified in purgatory or have achieved the the blessed blessed beatific vision, right? However, it is whether at whatever stage they are, they are on that journey. You know, we we pray, of course, that none of our our beloved dead, um, you know, did not die in sin, but that they died and and ready to to uh, face Christ, you know, and to to meet their judge and to know that they have been redeemed. That's what we pray for, and that's why we pray for our beloved dead, is that they might be freed from their from you know temporal punishment uh, that is that remains purification in purgatory, but we miss them. We miss them terribly, um, and we trust entrust them to the Lord's mercy. Uh, that of course is what the entire month of November was all about. Really, is month of November every year is dedicated to the holy souls uh, who have gone before us. So, yeah, amen. Um, you know this particular document. You know, yeah, we've we've talked about this tonight together about Christ's journey does not end at Golgotha. Death is not the final word. Um, Christ, and, and those of us who are baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death. But more importantly, we are baptized into his resurrection. We will be raised with him. And we don't know what that will be like, as, as we've said, but we, we trust. And we trust in God who is faithful to his promises. Even if we are not always faithful to our end. Christ is always faithful. And God loves us and wants us to be with him. And that's what we are assured. And so we trust to the sacraments and especially the sacrament of reconciliation and the Eucharist to feed us on this journey. And with that, we've run out of time again, Deacon, but that's Uh always a good thing to remember is that we have the sacraments to, to rely upon and the promises of the Lord who is faithful. Yes, amen. It always goes so fast, Ken. I know, know. right? Much like this pilgrim journey, our time has come (laughs) to an end for now, but we will pick up this conversation next week. Until then, we invite you to connect with us on Facebook. As I mentioned, you can go to Living Stones Media. You can download previous episodes of the show at materdeiradio.com. Deacon, until we gather together next week in the second week of Advent, might we have a blessing? Sure. May Almighty God bless you and keep you the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week here on Living Stones. You've been listening to Living Stones with Ken Hellenius and Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Living Stones is produced at the studios of Mater Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com.